Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here. At a time when we are all pulling together to fight coronavirus, COVID-19, I have something for you. An all-free e-chapter on coronavirus crimes and how to fight them. Don't be a coronavirus crime victim from door-to-door sales of fake cures and tests, vaccines. That's not real. To robocalls that are trying to scam you, to fake ads, to phishing you online, to fake cures that are being sold on the internet and on infomercials right now. You've got to arm yourself against these crimes. Please download our free e-chapter, Coronavirus Crimes, Don't Be a Victim. Go to CrimeOnline.com. You'll see it there. Hit the link and download it for free. Arm yourself against criminals and scam artists, cons, that will not only take advantage of you, but take advantage of you, your parents, your grandparents, and people you love at a time when we are all fighting the virus. I hope you go to CrimeOnline.com and download this. It's been highly researched and presented for you for free. Goodbye, friend. Keep the faith. A gorgeous young mom ostensibly goes on a bike ride. I'm trying to confirm that bike ride ever happened. And then mysteriously disappears. Where is Suzanne Morphew? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. The more news we hear, the more questions I have. Did she ever go for a bike ride? Why is her home she shares with her husband cordoned off? Why is family, including her husband, not allowed back into the home? Is it true that a cell phone and a car have been impounded? Uh, Also, Overnight, we find out about a mysterious sighting of a car. Is it connected? With me, an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. But first, I want you to hear Suzanne Morphew's husband as he finally breaks his silence. Listen. Oh, Suzanne, if anyone is out there 
that can hear this, that has you, please, we'll do whatever it takes to bring you back. We love you, we miss you, your girls need you. No questions asked, however much they want. I will do whatever it takes to get you back. Honey, I love you, and I want you back so bad. That is the husband speaking, and he has certainly put his money where his mouth is, putting up a $100,000 reward for information to recover his missing wife, matched by another 100000 now a $200,000 reward, and climbing with me an all-star panel. James Shellnut, 27 years Metro Major Case Detective, SWAT, now lawyer at ShellnutLawFirm.com, Dr. Daniel Bober, renowned forensic psychiatrist. You can find him on Instagram. And Dr. Daniel Bober, the director of the Cold Case Research Institute, crime scene expert, Cheryl McCollum. Joining me today, long time no here, Susan Constantine, but boy, it's great to have you with me. Body language expert. She's an expert in deception and body language. I can't wait to hear this because I've been looking at the husband's statement over and over and over. Jackie, you told me it's 24 seconds. I think it's more like 21 seconds, but I'm going to retime it. Also with me, Lauren Scharf, Fox 21, Colorado Springs news reporter and CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, Ellen Kaloran. First to you, Lauren Scharf, tell me about Suzanne's home. Let's, let's start with the very latest, and then we'll backtrack to the actual disappearance and trying to put together a timeline. Lauren Scharf, Fox 21, Colorado. Is the home still cordoned off? Yes. Uh, the Chafee County Sheriff, John Spazy, he said this isn't anything unusual in these types of investigations. They start at the home and then extend outwards and to try to find any type of clues, um, surrounding her disappearance and uh, the more more few uh, residents is just one of many areas that they are focusing on in this open investigation and the sheriff really emphasized that it's still characterized as a missing person case um, and that um, they have a search warrant for the home but it is sealed by the court. Interesting, right there, the search warrant still sealed. You know, I think probably the reason for that, James Shellnut, 27 years, Metro Major case, SWAT, now lawyer, is because on a search warrant, very often, and we've seen the video of bags of evidence being carried out of that home, you have to attach the, quote, return the return. In other words, what you get on the search warrant. I think that is what they're keeping a secret because a search warrant can be vague-ish as long as it comports with the law. We're looking for anything related to the disappearance of Suzanne Murphy. It could say that. Uh, like uh, fingerprints, uh, 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 a disheveled home, suggestion of uh, an altercation. But what they take out of the home, Shell, Shell Nut, has to be written on a return. Explain. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when the judge issues a search warrant, you know, you apply for the warrant, but you also have to let the judge know what you took out of that house. And you have to leave a copy of that inventory with the person in possession or control of that house or inside the house. And it lists the items that were taken out. That actually begins what is the initial chain of custody on the items. 
and what they took out of that house are going to be pieces of what they think are evidence or could be substantial evidence in this case. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Cheryl McCall, I'm Director of Gold Case Research Institute. Cheryl, on the return, okay, which has to be filled out under the law, and when Sheldon is saying you have to go to a judge, he's saying the cop, the detective, has to go to the judge or, or the district attorney, but it, it's not there yet. This will be a cop going to the judge saying, I need to get in the home and search. Now, we heard uh, ACE reporter Lauren Scharf state that the sheriff says this is SOP standard operating procedure. I'm curious because once you look in the home, you typically release it to the inhabitants. That has not been done. Hey, Lauren, uh, very quickly, Lauren Scharf, how long has the home been cordoned off? How many days? I believe the sheriff told us it's from the beginning. Whoa. Uh, when we... Yeah. Go ahead, dear. Jump in. When we had our crews go down there, they couldn't even get anywhere near the home. Um, this is, you know, week, the first week. Um, but I do want to remember tell people that there were no targeted searches that we know of this week. Okay, I'm getting back to the home. So you say it's been several days, at least, Lauren Scharf? Absolutely. Okay, Cheryl McCollum, that gives me some information. That gives me information that police have been in the home for some time and they're still not releasing it. You know what that means? I know what that means. Let it rip, Cheryl. Nancy, if I have a crime scene that I have cordoned off for 11 days, I have found something substantial. And what I want to do is I'm going to use luminol. I'm going to recreate what I think I have found. I'm doing, I'm putting strings up. I'm doing day and night photography. I am listing everything. And again, I'm going to use a 360 camera. I'm going to do everything I can to show what I believe occurred in that house. This is long past collecting evidence. This is recreating a crime scene. Way past. Now, here's the thing. Let me go to you. Ellen Kalorn with me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. You can find her every day with breaking crime and justice news at Crime Online. Ellen, there are videos and photos. I don't know how they got them of law enforcement going in and out of the house, coming out with bags. What do we know about how many bags uh, what time of the day or night those searches were. What can you tell me? What do you know about the search in the home? That's right, Nancy. Yesterday, we saw photos that were reportedly taken at or very close to the property of Suzanne Morphy's home. We see the, a photo of investigators who appear to be carrying evidence bags. We saw a photo of a crime scene investigation van, but we don't know exactly when those photos were taken. There was a lot of back and forth about in the last couple of days about whether or not authorities were doing an active search of Suzanne's home. Last evening, in response to all of these questions, they released a statement confirming that they have a sealed search warrant connected to the home, and the statement indicated that that warrant happened very early in the investigation. My understanding, based on everything that we're, we've been able to put together, my understanding is this happened at the start of the investigation and the family has not been allowed into the home.
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Back to Lauren Scharf, uh, Ellen Kaloran also with me, CrimeOnline.com, Lauren Scharf, Fox 21, Colorado Spring News reporter. Lauren, when, and I'm sure you've covered a lot of crime scenes, typically, and jump in, Shellnut and McCollum, you, you, cops go in, they look around, they look for a struggle. They look to see if a window's broken. Guys, we are talking about the disappearance of a young mom of two girls, Suzanne Morphew and seemingly the facts get more murky the more we look at them. Lauren Scharf with me, Fox 21 News. Typically, you go in, you look for a struggle, you look for fingerprints at the door, you look for um, um, forced entry, you look for blood. If you don't see any of that, it's either not a crime scene or you bring in the scientists with luminol to look for practically invisible blood or evidence of a cleanup. Uh, you look for fibers. You look, well, what else would you look for, Cheryl McCollum? Nancy, again, you're going to look for things like, what did she sleep in? If she had a favorite pair of pajamas, where are they? Did she have certain shoes that she rode that bike in or the shoes in the closet? Who ate? Um, are there wine glasses out? Are there knives out? anything that could paint a picture of what she did and when she did it. Again, it's an odd day that she would be all by herself on Mother's Day. Cheryl McCollum, I have not even gotten to Mother's Day yet. You are so right. You know, my twins asked me what I want for Mother's Day. I said a pair of white athletic socks and some Avena lotion. I got both. Uh, Ben Lucy made me a giant cake. I mean. Uh, But to Lauren Scharf, Lauren, the girls, her two daughters, are grown. Now, they were away on Mother's Day for, uh, was it a hike? Where were they? 
the sheriff has not told us exactly, uh, you know, where the family was on that day. But I do want to point out that during his press conference, he started out saying, you know, as many of you know, Suzanne Murphy disappeared on. And then he paused and said, became a missing person on May 10th. So my, yeah. So that's- You're smart, Lauren Sharp. That's smart reportedly and all the press conferences that keep saying reportedly missing on mother's day or reportedly missing on may 10th well that tells me we don't even have a timeline now uh, let's look at that really quickly uh to you lauren sharf when did the girls go on their trip I, i don't know if it was a hiking trip that's just a report they were away when did they leave like I said, I have no idea. The, okay. Do the they live in the home? Do they live there? The sheriff has not said anything. We haven't heard about Darn. that at all. All righty. What can you tell me about the husband's voluntary firefighter class that he was taking 150 miles away in Denver on Mother's Day? Do, has that been researched? Is that real? The only thing that the sheriff talked about in regards to Barry Morphew, Suzanne's husband, is that he's been cooperating at this point, and we hope he continues to do so. That's all we have heard from the sheriff. Okay, so um, has he taken a polygraph? That I do not know. Curious. Very curious indeed. Everybody take a listen to our friends at CBS4 Denver. She went biking on Sunday. Uh, They're in the mountains about 20 miles west of Salida, Trevor, and, and then there was nothing from her. Tell us what you do know. Alan, I'm I'm willing to uh, confirm that the bike was found on Sunday evening. The bike was found on Sunday evening, the night that she disappeared. Um, And for more information on the bike or its condition, Mm -hmm. I would encourage you and everyone else to contact the Chaffee County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, it has to be disconcerting to know the bike is found. The sheriff has said he does not believe that this was an animal. And so all of Coloradans really ought to be aware that there is a potential then, Trevor, that she might be somewhere well out of the county for all all we know, which is why we need to make sure that we're aware of the situation. Okay, I'm even more curious now. That's what I'm saying, Ellen Kaloran. The more I hear, the more questions I have. You know, it's not like a Q&A or a cross or a direct exam in court. I'm like, what day did she go missing? Well, guess what? We thought it was Mother's Day, but maybe it's not. We thought she went biking, but... uh, Ellen Kaloran, do we know, I, I know they brought out tracker dogs, but apparently the tracker dogs didn't tell me anything. So was she ever even on a bike? Ellen, I, I understand you've got some news. What is it? Yeah, like you said, Nancy, the further we get along in this, the murkier it gets. I just wanted to quickly comment on these rumors, and they are only rumors at this point. Like Lauren said, police are not confirming really much of anything. But There is evidence, there's social media evidence from one of the daughter's Instagram accounts that that indicates they were in in Idaho that weekend. And that lines up with some rumors, nothing confirmed on social media, that the girls had gone on a camping trip that weekend. Okay, yes, you're right, Ellen. You're absolutely right, Ellen Kaloran. I read that they were hiking, it was camping. That's what they were doing. And... 
the daughters have made some statement that seems to back up the comment on social media. Yes, that's where Idaho. And speaking of location, 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 this is important. We were wondering where the bike was discovered and the way that the nephew talks about it. Just tell me, where was the bike? Was it run over? Was it what? At, well, was it tied to a tree? It could be anything. But he's so mysterious about the bike. Like, oh, you'll have to ask police about the bike. Why? Why? What's unusual about the bike? To you, Lauren Scharf, joining me from Fox 21, Colorado Springs, I understand now the bike was found from a bridge close to Suzanne's home. Do you know where the bike was found? What bridge? Yeah, the sheriff's office has not commented as to the evidence that they have. They haven't said where the bike was located, even if they've confirmed that the bike has been recovered. When I spoke with the nephew, Trevor Noel, he just said, you know, ask the sheriff's office for more details. And they keep saying because it's an open investigation, they can't disclose. Well, what about the bridge? We're now learning the bike was recovered from a bridge. Is there a bridge close to the home, Lauren? The sheriff's office has not confirmed that. Okay. Do you know of your end? Ellen, all I'm asking is, is there a bridge close to the home? That's all I want to know. Not does the sheriff say there's a bridge. Is there a bridge? Do we know? We don't know if there's a bridge. All we know is that a source told the Daily Mail yesterday that the bike was found on a bridge very close to her home. But again, that source didn't say anything about the condition of the bike. And up until that point, only the nephew has commented about the bike at all. Police confirmed that a personal item was found in the search, but they did not say what it was. I heard you very distinctly say, Ellen Kaloran, the bike was, quote, on the bridge. That's what you said. But is that what the person said, or did you paraphrase? The source told Daily Mail that the bike was was found on the bridge. That's my understanding. I've got recovered from a bridge. And see, that's significant. You know why that's significant, Dr. Daniel Bober? You're the forensic psych. Uh, Because if the bike is on the bridge, oh my goodness, Bober, they were searching bodies of water. Is a bridge over water? Are they suggesting she jumped off a bridge? Uh, Or was the bike found under the bridge? Would that tell me why they're searching water? Dr. Daniel Bober, the slightest detail can change the course of an investigation but i don't have any reason to think this mom went and jumped off the side of a bridge but explain the details of why they are so important in a case like this well it's exactly what you said nancy you know if the bike was on the bridge versus under the bridge you know if it's on top of the bridge then you might think about a suicide uh if it's under the bridge you might think about a kidnapping so the slightest details and obviously well, the course of the investigation. Dr. Bober, if a bike was under the bridge, I would not think of a kidnapping. Well, maybe a kidnapping. I would think someone had killed her and hidden her bike or maybe staged the bike to look like she was out for a bike ride. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about missing mom, Susan Morphew. A lot of confusion, and the reason is the police, the sheriffs, are not releasing information. They don't owe us a dime. They don't need to release information. This is an ongoing investigation. But the question remains, what happened to Susan Morphew? I want you to now take a listen to CBS4 Denver. The hardest thing. She's a beloved member of our family, and... Uh, the sweetest person that you've ever met. The nephew of 49-year-old Suzanne Morphew talking about what it's like to go through the difficulty of a search that started after she went missing during a Sunday bike ride. Family has said her husband, Barry, was out of town in Denver. A friend called authorities when Morphew didn't return. The bike was found on Sunday, the day that she went missing. The sheriff has not yet shared information on the bike, but has told CBS for the reason for her disappearance is probably not animals. Extensive searching in Chafee County, about 20 miles west of Salida, has not brought an answer on what happened to Morphew. Back to the bike, back to the nephew speaking. Laura Scharf, I understand that when the husband was asked... Was he ready to make a public plea? He said it's too soon, and therefore the nephew was doing all the talking. Is that correct, Lauren Scharf? Yeah, when we were to ask, you know, the family if we could talk to the husband or to uh, them, uh, the nephew was kind of their spokesperson. And this week, he's kind of been dark. He hasn't returned our emails that we've sent him for a comment. And that's why I reached out to um, the husband's uncle. Right, right. Um, I want to go now to special guest joining us, Susan Constantine. You can find her online, body language expert, deception expert. The only thing that concerned me, Susan Constantine, is that the husband, who is not a person of interest, who is not a suspect, 
took so long to come out in the search for his wife. And when he did come out, he issued about a 21 to 25 second long plea. And I mean, I'm just a trial lawyer, right? You're the expert. But I noticed the whole time he was speaking, he was shaking his head no. Like, we miss you so much. We, we, uh, we love you so much. That concerned me, but that could be an innocent mannerism. Weigh in, Susan Constantine. I know you've studied this very carefully. Yes, I did, Nancy. And the first thing that I noticed because of the amount of time that he spoke is purposeful. So, for example, when people don't want to uh, expand, is there's a reason behind it. They tend to be very vague, get to the point, and that's it. So what I'm noticing is that he's shaking his head no, which is often attached to disbelief, but it continues on. Now, here's where I found that was a little bit odd, is that there was no emphasis with his eyebrows, like, we miss you, I love you, we're looking for you. And it stays frozen with his head shaking no throughout. So when I'm putting all the pieces together, it really causes me to have pause. Okay, can you explain what you just said one more time? What did you say about the eyebrows? Okay, so when you meet someone or you're talking to someone, when you're making a point, you will raise your eyebrows. Like, think about an eyebrow flash, like, I miss you, or thinking about you, you have a raise of your eyebrow. So it's not a frozen expression. Frozen is more staged. Expressions fleet across your face when you're talking. So especially, eyebrows are used as an emphasizer. We love you. We miss you. We're looking for you. You know, you would see a quick movement of the eyebrows, but the eyebrows stay very static throughout. And that's the part that gives me pause because it appears to be staged. Cheryl McCollum, did you hear that? I heard that, Nancy, and I'd like to piggyback on what she said. His words are very important to me. And he is saying things like, the girls need you. You don't need her? And the other thing is he's, he's quick to say things like, Whatever it takes, I will pay whatever they want. He keeps talking about money. Nobody has ransomed her, Nancy. He ain't got a letter from anybody. Nobody's asked him for any money. But he's quick to put up $100,000. It seems to me like it's all for show. I'm trying to just soak in what you just said. Again, husband, not a person of interest, not a suspect. Lauren Sharf joining me, Fox 21. Okay, this is a yes-no. Is there a bridge near her home? I do not know. Okay. Do you know of a reservoir near her home, a body of water? Yeah, there is a body of water, and the Pueblo Dive Team uh, searched it on Sunday. What reservoir? Is there a name to that reservoir? Not that I know of. I've seen the photos of um, the search in the reservoir, and there is one... I I can't really tell, maybe 17 to 19 miles away from the home. Do you know about how far the reservoir is from the home, Lauren Scharf? I do not. I'm curious because Cheryl McCollum, the bike is found, we've been told, near a bridge. On the bridge, under the bridge, as you're crossing the bridge, it's stopped right there. That tells me, would tell me a lot if I knew the answer. But I'm trying to figure out, is that bridge near the, the reservoir? And the reason I'm asking, because if it is, 
What would that tell you? They're searching this body of water, and that's where the bike's found. Absolutely. And I agree with you, Nancy. I want to know the condition of the bike. You know, is it damaged in any way? Is it dirty? Was the kickstand used? Was it laying on the ground? Was it staged? All of these things are going to, you know, again, paint a picture of what happened to this poor woman. Back to Lauren Sharfox, 21 Colorado Springs. What can you tell me about the husband being in Denver at the time Suzanne goes missing? How long had he been there? Was he there for a volunteer firefighter class of some sort? The sheriff's office have not commented on that at all. Has, has anyone learned the answer to that without the sheriff telling us? Not that I know of. What more can you tell me about the case, Lauren Scharf? Well, I spoke with uh, an uncle, uh, and um, he's the husband's uncle. And, you know, he, li- he lives in Indiana. That's where the couple's originally from. And he said he, even though he hasn't spent the last few years seeing them um, in Colorado since they've moved, he believes the husband had absolutely nothing to do with her disappearance. As a matter of fact, Lauren Scharf is absolutely correct. Take a listen to Lauren speaking to Bob Morphew. This is the uncle of Barry Morphew. I've never seen any kind of uh, unhappiness uh, with each other Produced by either one of them. So his message to those pointing the finger at Barry. I, I think they can bury that kind of thought. The Morphews say they desperately want Suzanne to safely return home. We're all terrified about this and no place to find any rest. But like I said, everybody loves Suzanne and Barry. And we know what they're going through and, 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 and it's, uh, it's hard on our hearts too because we don't know. We're looking for answers. We pulled up a map of the location. Jackie, what's the name of the river? The, the river, the South what? Our South Arkansas River. Yes. And how far is that? I don't know yet. Guys, uh, the closest body of water we see is the South Arkansas River. I am curious also about the impound. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And Lord was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f- themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin Ross. And this is The Burden. 
Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We're talking about the disappearance of a young mom, Suzanne Morphew. Her two daughters are out camping, we believe, in Idaho. And we are told that on Mother's Day, the husband goes to, we've been told, a volunteer firefighters class in Denver, about 150 miles away. It's about three hours was she ever on a bike? Lauren Scharf, Fox 21, Colorado Springs. Is the husband's car impounded? Or, or did cops look at it? In an investigation, yes, but the sheriff's office has not told us or confirmed that. Okay. Do you know or have reason to believe they still have the car? I do not know. To you, Ellen Kaloran, what do we know about the car and any cell phone impound? Nancy, as Lauren said, police have not confirmed anything, but yes, there have been unconfirmed reports, unconfirmed reports circulating that the, that a white Jeep or SUV or some sort of a vehicle like that was ha, has been taken by police along with the cell phone that may belong to Barry Morphew. There are unconfirmed reports that he has not had his cell phone since the very beginning of this. Well, again, that does not make him a person of interest or suspect. You would expect that to be done pronto. Uh, joining me, Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist on Insta at Dr. Daniel Bober. Dr. Bober, I know you heard Susan Constantine, body language expert, analyze the husband's movements, facial expressions, and words. What do you make of it, Bober? Yeah, I mean, it seems a little superficial on the surface. And I, I was actually more interested about, again, the, the words that he used and the way that he really didn't reference her and he referenced the kids. So it could be something. I think it's uh, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I, I think it's way too soon to call anything on his statement. Um, again, we learned that daughters Mallory and Macy first raised the alarm when they couldn't get a hold of their mom on Mother's Day when they kept trying her and couldn't reach her. And I'd be curious to find out when they started trying her. I'm also curious about the last time outside the family she was seen alive. Um, They call a neighbor. The neighbor is the one that tries to reach her and calls 911. Uh, I'm very curious about the dog search. Lauren Sharp, do we have any idea if the dogs could track Suzanne Morphew's scent, do we know where the dogs went? Were they spotted by media? Yeah, so those dog searches, when that, that was happening early on in the investigation, they didn't want anyone searching, um, like no volunteers. They, were, they did not want any volunteers. But as far as where they were searching, it was just around County Road 225 and west of Highway 50. Interesting, because uh, you remember Cheryl McCollum when Lacey Peterson went missing. Tracker dogs followed her scent from the home on Covina in Modesto all the way to San Francisco Bay. That's a long ride, 45 minutes at least. They followed all the way. But here, if the dogs did not pick up on a scent, that tells me she was never on that bike. 
We still don't know what the personal item was belonging to her that sheriffs say they found, but weigh in on the dog search, Cheryl. Well, Nancy, you know, I have a rule. You believe the dog. And it is clear to me they are concentrating now on the home. One of the most powerful things I heard today was the reporter when she said there are no new searches planned. Their focus is uber focused on that home. All of their evidence so far has been that home except for the bicycle. Question to, this is an open question to anybody on the panel. Do we have any sighting of her on Mother's Day out on her bike at all? Why do we even think she was on a bike? Where did that come from? Do we have an idea on that, Ellen Kaloran? Okay. A lot of questions about that. There, as far as I know, no one saw her on her bike on Mother's Day. And the further that we get into this, the more it looks like we're not sure when the last time she was seen at all. It's, I think it's notable that police have not released any kind of description of clothes that she was wearing or the bike. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I, I asked the sheriff's office, you know, who last saw her? When did they last see her? What was she wearing? They haven't said anything. They haven't told me. That's a very significant. Ellen Kaloran and Lauren Scharf, very significant. And practically every missing person case I've ever covered, even if it's wrong, there's a description given of what the missing person was wearing. That's very perceptive. And you're right on. Because if that description had been given, cops would be looking for that in the home to confirm it. So let me understand something. Lauren or Ellen, do either of you know anything about why the husband was in Denver? Just jump in. There has been nothing confirmed from authorities about this. Again, there, but there are tons of unconfirmed reports and rumors circulating, and they have come down to two different things. The most popular... <laughs> Unconfirmed report is that he went to some type of firefighter training. He he is some kind of firefighter. It might be a volunteer firefighter. Mm-hmm. But I'm aware just in the last few hours that it does seem like a local reporter had tried to confirm that and has not been able to confirm that. There are other unconfirmed reports and rumors that he was at some type of a landscaping job. And we do know that he worked as a landscaper in Indiana and had some type of a landscaping company there. But again, authorities have said so little and they have not confirmed anything. Okay, can we just give a blanket statement to save everybody some breath that the sheriff's not confirming anything? All right, understood. I get you. And I know you got to say that because these are just circulating. Hey, you you don't uh, pick, as you pointed out laughingly, and you're right, Lauren Sharp, you don't pick a theory like you're, you know, voting for Miss Sweet Potato. It's not like that. You got to have evidence. So you're right. These are bits and pieces of information that have been leaked or hypothesized. Cheryl McCollum, I hear you jumping in, but I can tell you this much. I've been up till four o'clock the last two nights trying to find a firefighters, a volunteer firefighter convention or classes in Denver on Mother's Day. Not just Mother's Day, a Sunday, but where you'd have to leave 
early that day for a three-hour trip to a hotel. Okay, go ahead, Cheryl McCollum. I was just going to say a quick internet search. There was no firefighter or volunteer firefighter class on the Colorado government firefighter site. The only classes listed are May 18th. Saw that. 20th and May 18th through the 22nd. Saw those. I saw the very same thing you're talking about. And he uh, reportedly was a volunteer firefighter. So we've got the car possibly still in impound. We've got the cell phone taken. The cell phone being taken is not unusual. But I would imagine you could just do a data dump and get all the information. Shelnut, how long would it take? I mean, you go to Verizon or AT&T, they transfer all your stuff in about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, law, law enforcement has its own data and software that they can do a data dump on this phone with. Uh, it wouldn't take very long at all. It may take a little bit longer to analyze things. But the things that they're going to be looking for right out of the gate are the communications that occurred on or around the date that she supposedly went missing and the days before and who she was talking to, whether or not she can retrieve any text message data off that phone. Something, Nancy, that I found interesting, uh, and it's just one more thing that raises questions, is I read a press release from the sheriff's office, and they aren't just asking for the community to turn over any ring doorbell video or other video on Mother's Day. They were requesting it for the two-day period prior as well, I saw and that. And one of the one of the things that that causes so many questions in this case is it seems like the inability to pin down a timeline. And as you know, that is so critical because until you can pin down exact timeline, you can't start ruling people out as possible suspects or persons of interest because you don't know where they were at because you don't know what time this occurred. Shelnut, you're dead on. Final thoughts, Cheryl McCollum. I think the oddest day for a perpetrator to be searching for a victim would be Mother's Day. That day is odd to me. You and I have been doing this a long time, and I can't tell you the last time I heard of a mom being kidnapped on Mother's Day. I think it is imperative that the community release any ring photograph, any text message, any phone call, any communication they had with her in the day they did it. I told you the first time we called, it's odd to me that the neighbor would call 911 and not the husband. I think it's odd he's offering $100,000, but he's not saying, honey, I miss you. He's saying, hey, whatever it's going to take money-wise, y'all let me know. That's an odd thing. I can he's tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, since nobody asked, you better start tracking that route between Maysville and Denver right now we wait as justice unfolds hold on before i sign off am i missing anything lauren sharp do we have anything new and i know the sheriff hasn't confirmed it whatever it is <laughs> hit me well nancy this is cheryl i've got one more thing i'll pick to the same Go ahead. Her cell phone. it's her cell phone did she normally take her phone while she bikes for music or to track her route on some kind of exercise app. The fact that she didn't have her phone is curious to me. Lauren Sheriff, got anything for me? We asked the sheriff as far as, is this a normal route that, you know, she takes? And, you know, he just would say, yeah, you know, she's an avid biker. (laughs) Actually, actually, that tells me something. 
because I was wondering if she normally biked every day or, or frequently. So that gives credence to the theory that she was out biking. I was wondering, you know, the last time I got on a bike was about a month ago when John David got a new bike and I went riding on it. So I was curious, could she possibly not even be a biker, but you're telling me something I didn't know. Ellen Kalorn, you got anything to throw at me? I just wanted to point out a question that I have, and all it is is a question, but in that video that Barry Morphy shared a full week after the disappearance, I was surprised that his daughters weren't in that video with him. You know what, Alan? I had not thought of that, but you're absolutely correct. Okay. This case shrouded in mystery, and we are on it. If you have information, 719-312-7530. Repeat, 719-312-7530. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.